What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. The Hale Varsity Radio Saturday Morning Show, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Strap yourselves in. Here are your hosts, Chris Schmidt. Y'all don't even know he was a virgin until he's 28, and now, roll tide. And Mark Cranach. Time has come for someone to put his foot down. And that foot is me. Welcome to Joe and Hale Varsity Radio Roadshow. Saturday morning, Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal were presented by the Nebraska Lottery. I am in a hotel uh, staring out of the wet parking lot uh, in uh, West Des Moines. And uh, Elijah, brother, how are you? Uh, you uh, hanging in here back in studio. What a 24 hours it's been for Nebraska football. Nebraska athletics is uh, we uh, still deal with the fallout with the a sudden retirement of Bill Moose. How are you this morning? Uh, doing well. I feel like uh, Lincoln is better than a hotel parking lot in West Des Moines. So I uh, always I got that going. Right. <laughs> um, despite the, um, we got absolutely dumped on last night, I had like part of a tree fall down in my yard. Um, that that storm last night. I'm not sure if it hit you guys in Des Moines, but it was crazy here in Lincoln. Just absolutely downpouring for about 30 minutes and 30 minutes only. I uh, got the Salt Dogs game called short. Uh, so that was my night last night, and then we had all the news with uh, with Vanderbilt and NC State late last night. That was crazy. Um, but in here now, t- talking to Musker football, ready to have a good time. Yep, it is. Numbers to get in this morning can dial us up at 466-3776-466-3776-800-825-5865. Can email chris at hailvarsity.com or can for sure... Uh, check us out on Twitter at Schmidt underscore radio or um, find Elijah at Herbal Essence. Uh, do so that way uh, and uh, email again, Chris at HaleVarsity.com. So coming up here in about uh, 20 minutes or so, we will check in, uh, do the uh, the rewind thing with uh, the pirate Mike Leach. Now, we ended our interview with uh, Mike Leach talking about Bill Moose. This was Wednesday before everything got gnarly uh, in in uh, in Husker athletics. So we'll hear from the Pirate. We really focus on Mississippi State baseball <laughs> uh, and uh, and get some perspective from from Coach Leach coming up uh, on just you know his experience, his fun. So it is kind of apropos uh, working with Bill Moose. Uh, next hour, we'll check in with Brandon Vogel from HaleVarsity.com and Magazine and Gary Sharp. So I'll be interested and fascinated to get both of their takes on the news. So we spent yesterday reacting, kind of sifting through the Bill Moose news, the news that Nebraska's athletic director for three and a half years was uh, pretty much told to retire suddenly. There you go. And uh, the reaction to that has been anywhere from, you know, it's, it's time. Is, is Moose doing enough on his end when it comes to job responsibility? Is he uh, is hands-on as he needs to be? I mean, all that, that was the, the main question. What, what's his role uh, day-to-day 
administratively. And you've got a, a lot of great folks working at Nebraska that, that the the day in day out. I mean, he's he's got people below him that's that's made things rock and roll. Uh, as we shift gears, uh, the name that's emerged late yesterday, and I was on the phone last night with Lars Anderson. Lars, a dear friend of ours. I'm just like Ed Stewart, huh, Lars? He's like that's what I'm hearing, man. And I, I think my reaction to, to Ed Stewart is, wow. Because his name, Elijah, has been on on the short list the last time Nebraska did this. I don't want to say short list, but he's been on the list. And, I mean, Ed's, Ed's a dude that you go through his resume and you go through all that Ed Stewart's done, not only at Nebraska, but – just what he's been able to do professionally uh, when it comes to sports administration. The, the time is now for uh, an Ed Stewart. And uh, you look at Ed's pathway uh, from Chicago to Lincoln. And I was talking with Coach McBride last night. And he's like, Ed Stewart is as stand-up a guy as there is. He's a no-nonsense guy. He's a guy that's worked uh, for the last X number of years is as executive associate commissioner for football with the big 12 with, with the coaches, man. So he's hearing the good, the bad, the ugly from, from coaches, from different administrators, from athletic departments in, uh, in the big 12. I mean, we're working almost 15 years and Ed's path isn't, you know, that far outside of the big 10 either. He spent, uh, pre Big Twelve, uh, obviously he got his his uh, master's degree uh, with uh, with Michigan State. Also worked at Missouri and uh, was a senior captain and the finalist for the Butkus Award in '94. He lost to Ray Lewis. That's okay, but he was the Big Eight Defensive Player of the Year. So Ed Stewart makes a lot of sense. He's a guy that. Knows Lincoln, knows Nebraska, but and mo- more importantly, knows the administration uh, within uh, the uh, the circles of that conference level. I think that's going to be pretty important uh, for Nebraska moving forward and to have a voice. So I like Ed Stewart a lot. Uh, we'll see if that is the, in fact, the choice. But uh, you know, Lars is. Lars isn't wrong, Elijah. When Lars tweets, mm-hmm. uh, people listen, and Lars has, Lars has an impeccable source. So if Ed Stewart's the guy, fantastic. The thing I think about Ed Stewart, though, I think that he's like one of the most unselfish Huskers of all time uh, because he was recruited as a safety, and he was absolutely the vital part uh, of that transition from you've heard you know, Nebraska used to be in that 5-2 defense switch to the 4-3 where they used to go and get after people. Well, that doesn't work. That doesn't happen, A, without buy-in. And it took buy-in from Ed Stewart because he was so respected. And and he did it. And he was told, I'm going to play safety. They said, you know what? We're going to move you to linebacker. That's how we're doing things here. And he wasn't happy about it. Uh, And I I can't really repeat what, what Coach McBride told me. Ed Stewart told him way back in the day <laughs> about, about uh, hey, you know, we told you you're a safety. Yeah, you're playing middle linebacker. 
and then you know Ed came in, played great as a as a junior and senior, and saw a lot of time as a sophomore. You, you've seen some pictures floating around. I mean, he made some great plays as, as a sophomore uh, at Norman. This is like right after the infamous '92 Nebraska Iowa State debacle, and Nebraska had gotten a little bit younger on defense to, to end the season. And, and Ed Stewart was the guy, man. It took buy-in, took belief, it took commitment. Uh, with, with with Ed switching positions, and then you've seen Ed attack his professional career that same way uh, with what he's been doing in the Big 12 for the last 15, 16 years. So if it is indeed Ed Stewart, and I do believe it will be Ed Stewart, uh, that's awesome for Nebraska. And there, Elijah, there's a lot of really good candidates and names that we we saw uh, the list. I mean, a guy like Tim Clare, phenomenal, border regent, just incredible family, uh, really tremendous uh Tremendous name and you know success professionally. Uh, you, you hear about a guy like Hank Bounds. That's who I've kind of been on the the train for because of of his background administratively, obviously, with what he's already done in his career. But I think of uh, the fact the guy was a old football coach in Mississippi. I mean, he loves sports. You want that marriage of someone who's just out of sight, brilliant academically. Uh, to represent you in the, those big twi- those Big Ten chancellors and presidents meetings, but then you get somebody that's uh, a sports nut like like Hank. You can't go wrong there. And there's a lot of other names out there. Uh, our, our dear friend Garth Glissman <laughs> got mentioned a couple of times. G Unit's killing it in the NBA right now as uh, executive director. So so maybe someday. Uh, we can give old Garth a phone call and say, hey, G, can we, can we get a couple seats, bed? Uh, but no, Ed Stewart's the guy. Elijah, what do you remember about Ed? What do you think about Ed Stewart when that name comes up? Um, well, what do I remember about Ed? Nothing. I wasn't bored whenever he played at Nebraska. So, that, so you that, make that's most unfortunate. of us feel old when you go there, <laughs> but that's okay. Yeah, no, but I think this uh, this hire, uh, expecting that it is going to get done the way Lars has reported, um, just – it makes Bill Moose's comment from yesterday saying apparently now is now is the right time for me to retire. I, I think it puts that into context a little bit more and makes it make sense. Because when you look at Ed Stewart's resume, what he's done with the Big 12, he, he almost seems overqualified for this job. It seems like he's on the path towards being a conference commissioner even. Um, so I, I don't think that coming back to your old alma mater is a stepping stone towards getting to a higher position. I think it's a, it, it is a a crown jewel of, of a career, I guess, to go back to your, uh, your alma mater and be the athletic director. So I'm really excited for what he can bring to Nebraska. Um, one of the things we haven't talked about this morning is I think it's interesting that you're taking, uh, I hate to bring race into it, but you're taking an old white guy who is the athletic director and you're bringing in somebody who looks a lot more and maybe has more experiences similar to what the athletes at Nebraska are currently experiencing. I mean, he's, he's a Chicago kid that came to Lincoln. I know it was 30 years ago now, um, but he came in here and, uh, I had to experience what it was like to be an athlete at Nebraska, to experience uh, what it was like to be a black athlete at Nebraska. And I think it's really important uh, to have somebody like that, that these athletes can now turn to in the athletic department at the head of the athletic department, actually, who gets, you know, um, what it's like to be that kind of athlete at Nebraska. So I- I'm excited for what he can bring there. I'm excited for what he can bring just in terms of his experience in the big 12. I think it's awesome that they, uh, they went 
they didn't go in-house, but they went to a person who still does know the University of Nebraska and what the athletic department should run like. Uh, so I, I think all around, I'm not going to say home run yet um, because he doesn't have the most athletic director uh, experience out of all the candidates out there. Um, so we'll, we'll wait and see how he actually is in the job. I think he's got all the skills. I, I think he, he's a great, great, great hire for this uh, Nebraska athletic department should he be the guy. And um, I don't want to read too far into things, um, but the ESPN Lincoln Twitter account did get a follow last night from a, uh, a former athlete at Lincoln Southeast and a uh, former Nebraska track athlete who is now the USC uh, Associate Athletic Director. So not sure if I'm uh, reading too far into that, but maybe it could be Stewart already putting together his staff for whenever he comes into Nebraska. Maybe I'm reading too far into that, but that's uh, it's Scott Wanzalat gave us a follow. So I guess we'll wait. I know that it. name. I absolutely know that name. Well, uh, I'm pretty sure he graduated Southeast in like 99 or 2000. He's only a, a few years after you. Totally know the name. I think I know the family. I mean, legit, it, it rings a bell with me. So let's go to this move by Nebraska. And Elijah, to your point about Ed's, Ed's transition from Chicago to, to Nebraska 30-some years ago, right? And when we talked about race and equality and uh, diversity – that's important. That's important to the Big Ten. And for too many years, incredible people, and I think of the NFL, right? The Rooney Rule. Um, I think of the NFL where it just, there's a high level of frustration because there's so few African Americans represented as head coaches, right? Mm-hmm. And um, this is. Uh, fantastic if if Ed's going to be the guy that somebody of color has an opportunity to to come back home and and and, and drive his university I mean that's fantastic everybody should be have an opportunity to be on the table and and interview for a job and have a chance to to get that job you shouldn't be excluded and, I, and I'm glad that you know Ed's names out there because a he's earned it. B he uh, he's a guy that knows Nebraska. Uh, one thing about this though, when we talk about Nebraska, just from a from an optic standpoint, let's go there real quick, Elijah. Uh, you have the news leak out on Moose. You have a, an hour later yesterday, Nebraska releases that he's deciding to retire. The uh, World Herald and Journal Star are, are quoting him saying, well, it's apparently time. And then, you know, Ed Stewart's in Lincoln yesterday, and that kind of gets out, and here, here's a Lars bomb, right? So we're talking 14 hours, and then let's say it is Ed Stewart, you're going to have that higher Monday, potentially, right? Um that just looks bad by the university where fired or retired. Right. And then, okay, Bill, thanks. Get your office cleaned up, bro. Ed's coming in. I mean, just, just the timing of it. I know things need to move fast. So you're not pulling a Stevie P, but geez, I mean, it's, it, it looks super, I don't say rushed, it just doesn't look good with how it was messaged and 
the the moose departure right where are you are you getting asked to leave are you being allowed to retire are they bleed cannon yeah what what's going on here the, the the way this has transpired nebraska just doesn't look very organized you know i'm, I'm with you on that and i think it it comes from uh, something i talked about yesterday and the fact that they didn't even give bill moose a, a going away press conference which is usually the standard uh, for an athletic director who's done a lot for university whenever they do retire I uh, think about Barry Alvarez. Think about Tom Osborne's going away press conference at Nebraska, where that's just so common. Where you, you announce the press conference and go up and say, "Yeah, it's retiring. Let's field some questions." But instead, it was very well. Bill Moose can talk to who he wants to. Ronnie Green's not going to talk to anybody yesterday morning. Uh, we're just going to announce that Bill Moose is retiring, and we're going to leave it at that. Uh, it, it seems very. Um, I don't know. It seems like they've done a disservice to Bill Moose, and I'm not within the uh, the athletic department, so I can't say that for certain. Mm-hmm. But it does seem like Bill Moose just got told at the end of the week, "Hey, man, we, we found somebody else, and it's time for you to go. Would you like to be fired? Or would you like to retire?" That's the complete read I'm getting on it. Um, just because of the fact that it does feel so rushed and so unexpected, Bill Moose still had uh, media obligations that he was scheduled to do on Friday, and then you wake up Friday morning and he's canceling them and saying, oh, "I guess I'm not the athletic director at Nebraska anymore." And while it is a home run hire, it does just seem like Nebraska didn't put Bill Moose and his service to the university uh, in mind whenever they were, you know, going through this yesterday. It just kind of seemed like they went, "All right, Bill, here's the door. Thanks, but no thanks. We, we found somebody else." The other side of that, and, and I don't disagree with you as far as the the feel and the optics, um, Bill. We've, and this is maybe this is maybe one hypothetical, right? Bill, we, we, we've asked you for a while now to be more hands-on, be more present, be more of a decision-maker, okay? And, and by the way, thanks for, for landing Will Bolt, and thanks for landing the mayor. Thanks for getting Frosty out of Orlando. But, bro, we need you here to make some decisions. And we've had to have this talk too many times. Whoever made the decision that it was – time to retire their line of thinking is and you've kind of been on autopilot when it comes to this new giant facility for 155 million dollars you didn't raise any money for that you got hank and matt out there beating doors down uh past the you know past the hat past the collection plate uh bill uh, now that the covid's gone and oh yeah thanks for getting us through that see ya uh <laughs> we're ready to move on that's it. Maybe that that says a lot to me that there's no, hey, thanks for everything, mm-hmm. opportunity or moment out the door. So th- that, that speaks volumes to me as far as how whoever made the decision on Bill Moose felt about Bill Moose. Oh, yeah. I mean, it, yeah. It, 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 it can't be interpreted any other way. So you're going to have a lot of folks with this Ed Stewart hire, if it is official, and obviously no statement or release from Nebraska. You've got the Lars Anderson tweet last night. But Lars knows what's up. I trust him on his uh, his uh, his source and his tweet. So and, and really, it, sh- it, it should be Ed Stewart. Yeah, and it, it Nebraska makes, moving sorry. forward is going to have one, one of their own again that has Osborne ties that played here. And also uh, did uh, incredible work administratively in the Big 12. So 
that that's a that's a monster win for Nebraska. Go ahead. Does it leave a, a bad taste in your mouth just how quickly this came together? I mean, it, it seems like you're going behind Moose's back. I mean, probably negotiating with Stewart, talking with him. You don't make this move unless you know you got Stewart in the boat. So does it leave a bad taste in your mouth the fact that Nebraska, while they still had an athletic director on, you know, at the University of Nebraska on salary, and they're going to somebody else negotiating, I'm sure, seeing gauging interest. Um, I mean, considering this has already been announced by Lars, I mean, 12 hours after Moose decided that, or Nebraska decided that, that Moose should be shown the road, that you already have a guy and you already, you know, essentially, I'd assume, based on how this is being reported, have a contract or pretty close to a contract in place. It just makes me think that this has been in the works for a while now. And they they knew yes. this was, they they knew this was coming. Yet Bill Moose still got this rushed hurry send away. That oh now we got our guy now now we got it locked in. You're good to go. Uh, we don't want to deal with you anymore. It just seems so rushed. That's that's absolutely the best term. Rushed is is the way to go. No, it did. Uh, it's just awkward. And you know the news of Moose leaks out. And then Ed Stewart's, you know, allegedly in town yesterday. <laughs> uh, it's, you know, I, I tip my cap to the Moose, man. He, uh, he went out and got some great hires. He was always super fun to hang out with. And not that we hung out, but you know what I mean? Just he, how engaging he was in media settings and kind of an old school AD with just how he, uh, he talked and, and worked with people. But uh, Ed Stewart will be uh, a big-time winner for Nebraska. And the thing about Ed, I mean, Ed Ed earned everything he got. Phenomenal ball player. And uh, Ed's, Ed's a guy that will hold others accountable through all departments. And that is, I think that's the, 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 the last takeaway here. How much accountability did, did Bill Moose have and, and put forth for his different coaches and teams? Some can run on their own. Some maybe need a little more supervision than others. And if you're not as hands-on as maybe you need to be, then things run, run amok, right? So uh, Ed Stewart will, will be able to, uh, to help navigate the different sports. We're going to take a quick time out. Hale Varsity Radio weekend. It's a road show. We're here in uh, West Des Moines. Uh, the parking lot is yay. It's gray. Um, and in, in a little damp outside for juniors baseball. We'll step away or rewind next with the Pirate. Mike Leach, Coach Leach, his conversation with us. Gary Sharp next hour. Brandon Vogel on the way. Hale Varsity presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Early to rise with Hale Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Here's Chris Schmidt and Mark Cranach. Back into it at Tail Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. I tell you what, the uh, the fan favorite, one of them in Omaha is Mississippi State. The Cardiac Dogs uh, down 4 nothing to Virginia and able to hang on for a 6-5 win. The, the biggest Mississippi State baseball fan, uh, Mike Leach, head coach of Mississippi State football, the Pirate with us. Coach, where, how was that game for you last night? What type of fan are you when you watch sporting events? Are you in the edge of your seat? Are you pacing around? Or are you just chilling? I'm more of an observer. I want to see, <clears throat> I want to see him uh, play hard, play well, and play smart. Basically, I try to draw uh, 
you know, what I would do if I was coaching them. I got, I played that mental exercise. You know, I would do this here. I would do that here. Uh, you know, uh, I wonder if it'd be a good idea to do this or that. I I'd do that whole game. Um, and then, uh, and sort of try to challenge myself in those situations. And then, uh, the other thing I, uh, um, you know, of course I gauge everything by, are they playing hard? Do they stay in, you know, do they keep battling when they're ahead? Do they battle when they're behind? And then, uh, and then of course I started coaching out coaching baseball. So I really like baseball. And then, uh, you know, and just, uh, I just try to evaluate and see what I want, see what I can learn, but then entertain myself with, uh, you know what what i've done in that situation mike leach with us hail varsity radio <laughs> coach so i want to go back to to that that baseball coaching stint tell us about it well i started when i was 15 and and um through 15 through my sophomore year in college i had a team every year and they ranged uh you know everywhere from uh you know depending what year from nine to uh 15 you know and so um, no, it was good. I thought it, you know, I think there's a point to where coaching's coaching and, you know, you're teaching. And I think it, I, I don't think I'd be coaching today, uh, without that experience. And cause I, I really caught the coaching bug then, uh, I was playing football and in high school, of course, when that started. So it was pretty tough for me to coach uh, football while I was playing that and there weren't a lot of <laughs> football teams to coach in Wyoming at uh, at a young age and then <clears throat> and then um, but every summer and, and Cody was a big baseball town I had a team every summer and um, and enjoyed it uh, you know it was uh I, and I had a, a ton of jobs. Wyoming was an easy place to get a job. And it wasn't some crazy child labor. I'm a victim bullshit either. It was a deal where, uh, <laughs> it, 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 it was very, uh, it was very free enterprise capitalistic, uh, 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 entrepreneur at the highest order. I mean, I had a job since I was actually before that, since I was 12, I had this paper out, which that was the worst job I ever had. But, um, but no, we, we didn't have jobs because of uh, some child labor thing. We had jobs because we were greedy. We wanted money <laughs> and we wanted to buy things. If you needed a new pair of Levi's, you wanted to be in a position to get one. You like the Converse instead of the JC Penney's tennis shoes. You wanted to have the extra bucks, you know, to add on to your what your parents were paying to get the converse instead. You know, uh, can I go to a movie? Hell yeah, I could go to a movie. See this money right here, and um, so that's uh, was kind of the motivation. But you know, we had some advantages. We had farming, ranching, tourism, and then of course tourism is the best for when you're a kid because of the restaurants, the lawns that need to be mowed, and the rest, and then. Um, but no, I, I had a job. I literally had a job since I was 12. I remember, um, and, and 12 is too early to have a paper out, especially in Northwest Wyoming, where you do it on a bicycle with driving wind and it might be 20 below zero. And I, and, and part of the reason I've never been a morning person since, 
it, ru- I, I it, that, it ruined you? <laughs> I had that morning paper route when I was 12, and it was so brutal getting up in bitter cold weather. And then, you know, in Wyoming's kind of spread out, so it's kind of a spread out route. And, um, and I've never been a morning person since when I quit that paper out, boy, I got up as late as I could from there on and have the rest of my life and, uh, not to miss anything at night, you know? Mm. And then, um, uh, but then, uh, yeah, and I had some great jobs, you know, some jobs are a lot more fun than you'd think. I'll tell you this, one of the funnest jobs I had was, working at the Irma Hotel, a hotel that Buffalo Bill founded, and um, uh, bussing tables and washing dishes because, you know, there are a bunch of hot girls from high school running around there and just some regular buddies you could uh, hang out with and talk in the back room and do your thing. Tourists would come through. They were fascinating and interesting. And, you know, you got to where you remembered who ordered what. Oh, it was it was great. I mean, because there was a lot of uh, personal exchange and dialogue, you know. And then I worked at a mansion, which was one of the most coveted jobs. This guy was the he was the founder and the president of Husky Oil back when they had Husky Oil gas stations. Now it's founded in Cody, and uh, you know, everybody was jealous of that job because I'm you know, working at this pretty mansion. Well, the trouble with that job was, uh, you know, you're mowing a lawn all by yourself. You know, you're sitting there in front of a flower bed, planting flowers all day, all by yourself. You're trimming a bush all by yourself. The only time you ever saw anybody was uh, if the head uh, groundskeeper was ticked off about something or going to set you up for something new and then there's one other grounds guy besides me I'd see him at lunch but other than that you know it was the most boring job I could not wait to make half the money and go bust tables and wash dishes well it was all about the experience Mike Leach with us we're talking summer jobs his love for baseball so from a personality standpoint what what was your personality like? Were you like were you more like a Lou Brown from Major League, or were you more like Buttermaker from uh, Bad News Bears? Oh, I, I tell you, my favorite guy, my favorite guy who I loved the most, and it was kind of when he was on a roll bouncing between teams. I loved Billy Martin. I was gonna say you're a Billy guy. guy. <laughs> Billy Martin was my guy. And he, that's back when he was bouncing from team to team to team. To this day, I've read every single book I can find on Billy Martin. And then, um, <clears throat> and uh, I'll tell you one interesting thing. And I, I know a guy who somehow knew his son. And okay. his son actually went to Texas Tech, but not when I was there. And uh, what a great guy he is. And, and sometime when I get to uh, Dallas or whatever, wherever, I need to get together with him, and I just want to—I just want to hear the stories, you know, hear about his dad and all that stuff, and you know, because yeah, uh, for good or for bad, he definitely inspired me as a coach. There have been times where they said, you know, which coach inspired you the most to coach, and you know, of course, they want a football one, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, 
and uh, well as Billy Martin, you know. <laughs> I love seeing him pull Reggie, watching the old baseball highlights. Him and Reggie just go at it in the dugout. Reggie wasn't hustling after a baseball. You're out. I don't care that you're making a million in the late 70s. That was uh, that was entertaining. Mike Leach with us on Hale Varsity. Coach, where are you at? You getting a coffee? Yeah, I am. I'm getting a, a colada, which is uh, basically cu- uh, Cuban coffee. It's basically a double shot of espresso, except it's Cuban coffee in the... Um, they have a way of doing the foam, or the so it foams uh, almost like a milkshake with mm. the brown sugar in it, you know. And for the most part, coffee tastes awful, and it's designed to, so you don't drink it too fast. But um, uh, coladas are better, and then plus they jack you up pretty good. So that's the point, anyway. Coach, uh, I was uh, looking, and and I found that there's a. A Book of Leech out, Volume 2, some of your greatest quotes, and it, it just came out, and tell me about the instance, and maybe it's routine when it's time for an onside or a squib kick, but uh, the squib kick it to a fat guy, when did that happen? Oh, geez, I'll tell you what, they, and that's a true quote, too. So we're playing Texas. <laughs> we're playing Texas, and um, and this is the famous game against Texas, where we beat number one Texas in Lubbock. Uh, so Texas, because we knocked Texas out of three national championships, I believe. But and Nebraska says thank you. <laughs> yeah, and then well, we so then uh, Texas, you know, so we anyway we throw the ball to. Uh, Michael Crabtree scores. Our, our, our fans storm the field. Mm-hmm. Okay, then uh, uh, and then we uh, kick the extra point, and then it's penalty to be assessed on the kickoff. Right? Okay, then we kick the extra point. Fans storm the field. Another penalty be assessed on the kickoff, and then. Uh, Something else happened. I don't know what happened. Anyway, they stored the field three times. And, uh, and you know, at, at nearly every other place in the world, there would not be an extra second on the clock. But, um, you know, Lubbock, which... Uh, uh, whoever that, that clock keeper up there is, you know, they need to find him a new one. Um, cause that guy's got some kind of, uh, Lubbock guilt or just, you know, somehow doesn't think we deserve to knock off number one, Texas. And we should have worse than we did but because we got massively screwed on a offensive PI going in. But anyway, despite that, we overcame all that stormed the field three times <clears throat> So I look up, and of course we're ahead, and we are kicking the ball off from the minus seven. Oh no! To the University of Texas. Okay, now the slow guys at the University of Texas were faster than our fast guys. So, uh, and so then we're looking out there. You know, well, what do you want me to do? And, well, if we kick it way downfield, because you know they're going to do the toss, toss, toss from behind, kind of try to 
rugby toss the thing until they find their way to the end zone. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I told the kicker, and I love the kicker. Um, I think it was Matt Williams. And I said, squib kick it uh, to a fat guy. And when she executed that beautifully, thinking that the fat guy doesn't have this good hand skills, right? Mm-hmm. And um, and then, and better yet, he can't run with it once he gets it. Well, he squib kicks it to a, a, a big old thick guy. And uh, this guy fields it like a shortstop. I mean, it looked like Ozzie Smith out there <laughs> fielding a baseball. Oh, no. I mean, you know, squib kick. Uh, second left, we get it one more shot. Oh my God, he he just he just I mean smooth, you know the ball's in over in smooth, and then he pitches it <coughs> uh, to you know uh, like the fastest guy out there. This you know this skinny guy that's just faster than hell, and then fortunately that guy bobbled the ball, you know. He bats it around, and then uh, we pounce on it, game over, you know? And uh, so at any rate, yeah, so that's where squib kick it to a fat guy came from. And uh, I thought it was better advice at the time than it was. This particular guy, he could field it and pass it, but uh, fortunately his buddy couldn't. And then... um, but yeah, that guy's uh, just kind of follows the newspaper, writes up some quotes and stuff. And I need to get that book. He signed and gave me uh, the first book. And That's cool. I need to get the. I need to get this one if no, if for no other reason to keep track of what I said so I don't forget, you know. And so then uh, and know what I'm up against, you know. Mike Leach with us, Hale Varsity Radio. He's down in Key West, grabbing a coffee, talking with us. And uh, we're talking a lot of baseball, squib kicking to fat people. Mike Leach still with us here on Hale Varsity Radio, coached down in Key West and uh, watching the CWS from afar. And, Coach, I want to go back to that Texas game because I remember it pretty vividly, just the party down in Lubbock. I remember just the, the, the guts and then the execution. Take us back into the, the timeout or just – going into that play to Crabtree where you, and I don't think you called a timeout, but there was, you come back from commercial break, it's ABC, right? Musburger's doing the game. Things are rolling, you're moving the ball, and then you just keep on rolling, and, and you don't you don't pause. But you had to discuss something, didn't you, going into that, that final drive? The final drive, well, the final drive, <clears throat> and it was exciting from this standpoint, too, some of the wounds self-inflicted. So we go, you know, we're going in to nail the coffin shut on Texas. And uh, and so Michael Crabtree runs a corner out mm-hmm. and uh, fakes out the, he fakes out the DB and just screws him in the ground. Never touches it. To this day, he hadn't touched him. And I know, I've watched that film uh, not just on the field, but I've watched the film like 10 times over and over because it's one of the most unfathomable calls I've ever seen. And um, so uh, Crabtree catches it. It's going to be like first and 10 
on the four yard line going in, which means not only are we going to score, but we're also going to get to eat the clock. Right. Right. And, and, um, well, so no, no offensive pass interference, offensive pass interference, uh, 15 yards back, all this other stuff. Right. Insane. Okay. And then it's like, I don't know, something like second and 25 or something. I'd, I'd have to look. But, um, and, and, you know, all we got to do is just kind of put it in play. And, and, of course, I think our team panicked a little bit and we didn't uh, play as well as we could have because I thought that was a, quite a manageable, um, even though it was long. I mean, because we had shots but we you know we tried to throw to the end zone all we really needed to do was just put it in play and we would have been in good shape but that's not what we did so then we end up kicking a field goal and um and we hit that which that puts us up by four or no by uh i can't remember Mm -hmm. puts us up by uh three or four right yeah, and then, um, well, so then we kept it. We kick out to Texas, and they go storming down the field. It did not take them long at all. And they go storming down the field, and they score. And, and then, uh, and so then we're down. We're, we're down by three. And, um, I think we're down by three. Because you, then, ended, you uh, ended up going forward to, to try and get the touchdown versus the field goal as those as the game was winding down, correct? Well, we we but we had some time. You know, we still could have kicked the field goal, but you know, had time for a play or two, and definitely uh, at least one play. Mm-hmm. So he 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 back shoulders Crabtree, which was a brilliant job to do, and then. Um, so he hits Crabtree. Crabtree runs right through the safety, scores a touchdown, and then um, and then uh, and we work on that back shoulder all the time. Everybody says, "Oh, we underthrew it," but it worked. No, 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 we work on that actually. And then um, <laughs> and, and, and then um, so. Um, uh, well, so then he, he, he scores, and then, of course, that's where the fun begins with, uh, with uh, you know, um, the kicking, off from the, kicking off from the minus seven. I've never even seen that happen, I don't think. But anyway, I was there. Mike Leach with us, Hale Varsity Radio, talking uh, baseball, Texas Tech over Texas, the, the infamous uh, Crabtree catch and win. And, Coach, what's – I want to ask you this, and with Bill Moose and your relationship, you know, when you do well and you you succeed, Coach, uh, you have uh, you have Bill Moose that's been on the record about saying, "Hey, I reward my coaches who do well," and and that's kind of on the horizon for Nebraska's baseball coach, Will Bolt. Really good good guy, but uh, great baseball coach. Phenomenal season for Nebraska baseball, but. What's what's Moose like when when you're doing well? Because you got to, to Wazoo, 
you built that up, you won, you, you won 11 games, for God's sake, and that was super impressive. But what's that interaction like when, when, when your boss comes to you and says, hey, great job, uh, when it's AD to, to head football coach? Uh, he, he, he's outstanding. You know, Bill was a former team captain there yeah. at Washington State and, of course, played O-line, and those guys – uh, I just think uh, oftentimes understand no uh, football, all that, uh, and just, uh, I don't know, just, uh, you know, it, it's, uh, if you're an old lineman, it means something for to you to make those kind of sacrifices, and Bill personifies that. And then, uh, uh, you know, Bill was uh, wanted to win really bad and just so optimistic, just crazy optimistic. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, uh, you know, and then after you win, Bill would celebrate like a Viking with you. You know, he just <laughs> he just loved the whole thing. Well, Mike Leach with us. Coach, we'll uh, let you be. Enjoy Key West and uh, get up to Omaha sometime. Uh, and we'd love to, to see you at the CWS. Yeah, you never know because, uh, you know, good, good luck to Mississippi State. Hope we keep rolling, win the whole thing. Ale State. Well, absolutely. We'll, uh, we'll get caught up again, Coach. You take care and enjoy Key West. All right. Thank you. You too. The Hale Varsity Radio Saturday Morning Show, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Strap yourselves in. Here are your hosts, Chris Schmidt. Y'all don't even know he was a virgin until he's 28, and now, roll tide. And Mark Cranach. Time has come for someone to put his foot down. And that foot is me. Welcome to it, weekend edition. Hail Varsity Radio continues on. Hour two, Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal, as Mark Cranach is on assignment. Cranach being a fantastic papa, has uh, baseball this weekend with uh, his little guy. I'm in Des Moines. I'm still in the hotel room. I'm at the vaunted hotel desk here uh, in our room. You got a little sports center going on. Pretty cool to see the lightning uh, down the Islanders. Not a huge hockey guy, but always appreciated. Junior is up and around. He's actually hosed off, brushed his teeth, and now down at breakfast. That is a win before 8.15 this morning as we're waiting on uh, exactly when we play because there was uh, rain this morning in Des Moines. And uh, what a, you know, speaking of storms, what a whirlwind uh, 24, 48 hours at Nebraska with uh, Bill Moose retiring and uh, the report from Lars Anderson, the next AD will be Ed Stewart. You uh, can find us on Twitter, Chris Schmidt, at Schmidt underscore radio, at Herbal Essence for Elijah Herbal and at Mark Skirts for Mark Cranach. Uh, Brandon Vogel with us from HaleVarsity.com and Magazine Managing Editor. And uh, an incredible yearbook put together by the, the folks at Hale Varsity. What uh, insight, what depth, what preview, what analysis. It's great. Uh, it is absolutely uh, tremendous. Your college football Bible this year for Nebraska football. Uh, we'll hear from Gary Sharp also here in a little bit. Vogues, uh, how have you processed here the last couple of days, the last uh, few hours here with the report by Lars, but more so the, uh, the end of the Moose era? Yeah, it uh, certainly wasn't how I expected to spend my Friday. Um, 
you know, there were kind of no indications that, uh, I mean, no strong indications that this was coming. Like, it, it's pretty clear. I think everyone understands at this point, like, this was officially deemed a retirement, but as most, as recently as Tuesday, we were preparing to have a in, in, in-person interview with Bill Moose about, you know, the facility update and just all of the topics that you get a chance to talk about with the, the sitting AD. They got moved to Friday, and then by the time we got to Friday, Bill Moose had retired. Um, so none of that adds up as kind of a person who was getting ready to, to exit the job. But so here we are. So it goes, and, and Nebraska kind of enters into uh, – and an interesting time to be to be looking for an AD. I'll, I'll put it that way. Brandon Vogel's with us, HailVarsity.com and Magazine. Let's talk about the climate of college sports right now. And what's all this job entail, Vogues? I mean, what, what's, what's the, uh, all right, AD, and then the bullet points below it. Fundraise, yes. Uh, Vision, yes. Uh, from a uh, few, you know, can you can you have a crystal ball in your your travel kit? And oh yeah, by the way, uh, can you win and be on the forefront of helping print money for your university uh, by being really good at athletics and being in the NCAA tournament, being in uh, the part of the the expanded college football playoffs? Can you get to Omaha? for the CWS, right? Are you playing in your conference title game? What do you bring into the party when it comes to conference representation and TV eyeballs? I mean, it's it's quite a list to be an AD, and it's quite a list to be an AD at Nebraska in a Power 5 league in the Big Ten. Yeah, it, it is. In addition to, to all of the things that you mentioned, now, whoever may, may take that job, uh, Nebraska's, as it pertains to name, image, likeness, is probably better off than than a lot of them in that the state already has the legislation ready to go. Like it's not trying to figure that out in the last week before July. Uh, so there's that, and Nebraska's been preparing for this for a while. You still got to take the baton from uh, somebody you've never run a relay race with before, but at least mm-hmm. that race has already begun. So so you feel. You feel pretty good about that part of it, and you know the 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 media in-house multimedia rights thing is is interesting to me. And I mean, it's I think it's a small thing, but you know most schools have this handled for them. They they hire one of these four or five companies to to do that, to sell the ads, to basically operate their their in-house media. Uh, Nebraska opted to go basically go go it on its own and. The advantage there is you don't have to give a pretty big chunk to to one of these companies to do it. Um, but that's all happening right now too, as that transition happens leading up to J- July first. I mean, everything changes. Everything about July first because it's the start of a new academic year. Um, so there's just kind of a lot of irons in the fire. I think the biggest thing though for this AD, in, a, in addition to everything you mentioned, is just you know it's. It's been a significant chunk of time since since Nebraska's athletic department has been as successful as we have seen it in the past. You know, and there's volleyball's kind of the constant, and baseball's risen up and been pretty good for the most part. Basketball's been close. Football, you know, pre Riley Frost was was close, 
but you just haven't had that kind of sustained success across the athletic department that we saw, you know, in the in the 1980s and the 1990s across all sports. So I think getting them, getting this department back there, um, kind of remains the biggest thing. That's ultimately what you're going to be judged on. Brendan, yesterday we had Bill Moose say that uh, during his time, the athletics program was reborn and rebuilt with a solid, stable foundation for future success. I just want you to, to evaluate that statement. Since Moose arrived, has the, the foundation for future successes for all Husker sports uh, been set, or is that uh, saying a little bit too much about his own accomplishments here? Um, it, it could be the case. I mean, part of this is, is it's going to be hard to – evaluate the Moose era for, for a few years, you know, in addition to the, the kind of the high profile coach hires, he also made a lot of changes to, to some of the other sports. So a new AD comes in and, and you're early in 10 years for a lot of these people. And you kind of got to see, okay, well, how's football play out? How's basketball play out for sure. Um, but also some of these other sports to, to really understand like, okay, those were good hires at the moment. They were hires that got people excited. They were hires that drew national attention. Now you got to see how they actually unfold and, and if the performance is there to, to match the excitement around that. I think that's ultimately what, what it'll be judged upon. Um, getting a new facility underway is, is kind of a feather in the cap. You know, you still got, there's still funds to be raised. I mean, Moose said that a week ago. That's, it's, it's, he felt they were on track, but it's not fully there yet. But getting that new facility certainly brings Nebraska up to speed in a pretty key area. So a lot of the, the Moose era in terms of evaluating how it actually wins, it's still to be determined. Brandon Vogel's with us, managing editor, KLVarCity.com and magazine at Brandon L. Vogel on Twitter. As a weekend edition of Hail Varsity Radio, Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal. Mark Cranach on assignment. Uh, I am in Des Moines, Vogues, and uh, we are in a weather delay for baseball. Uh, that makes me a little sad, but uh, we get to hang out a little longer. I'm excited about that. At least what you weren't the, in a COVID delay like the College World Series. I guess not even a well, COVID delay, COVID cancellation. NC State got the old hammer dropped on them. Like, they're done, right? Mm-hmm. Like, it's, it's Vandy gets to, to move on. Uh, this could be your worst nightmare Monday, Vandy v. Texas. Uh, but, but we'll get back to football, the Whistler versus Bevo. Um, <laughs> I want to get uh, your thoughts, your Vogues, on just the optics of, okay, here's Bill Moose, news leaks out. Uh, you're going to retire, Bill. Thanks for coming to my office. So it's, it, it's a forced, feels forced retirement. At some point, it was going to happen. I think it probably caught Bill by surprise that, you know, a week ago, per a couple of uh, media reports, Bill was said, "Dude, you're you're cleaning your office out. You're you're retiring." And then, not even ten hours later, you've got Lars Anderson uh, uh, and uh, his inside info about Ed Stewart. That name emerging with some other really quality candidates as well. Uh, what's this look like to you? Does it look bad for Nebraska's management of, of this narrative slash news? Or is it just, it is what it is, and that's how quick the news cycle moves. Thanks, Bill, for coming. Ed, you're on deck type of thing. How do you look at it? 
Um, it, it left a lot to be desired in terms of managing how this whole thing happened. Um, and without, you know, any sort of one incident, like this is not how retirements go, right? Um, it, it, it's not a decision that's made overnight. Like you don't go to bed Thursday and be like, oh, I'm not sure if, if we're going to make the change and then wake up Friday and say, yeah, we are. Um, so I don't, who knows how long those discussions have been, been going on, but it's also, you know, for an athletic department, there's, there's not much downtime. And this is one of those times, like I'm guessing that that athletic department office was mostly empty yesterday in terms of being able to handle an announcement of this magnitude. Um, it, it, it just didn't, it didn't seem like there were these things that were ready to go. Um, so, it, it, it raises a lot of questions. It, and again, you know, it just, I think if you look at it from an outside perspective, it looks really, really messy. And that's, that's tough when you're out there on the market, suppose, you know, competing for a new athletic director all of a sudden, because in, in, in a normal circumstance, the Nebraska job should be able to at least get, get an interview or get a meeting with almost anyone it wants. You know, okay, so Alabama's athletic director is probably not jumping to, to Nebraska. Um, but when he took that job, Greg Bird from Arizona, like Nebraska would have been in a conversation. You know, I think that's what that job is. You got enormous fan support history of success across many sports um and it's a fiscally sound athletic department there's a lot to like about it with the way this unfolded i'm you know i don't know how big nebraska's candidate pool really is for this just with so much with how much is going on yeah, yeah Brandon, you're right it's it's been messy but i'm with you on, on the small candidate pool it almost feels with how abrupt this was that Nebraska, I'm not going to say got an unexpected yes from somebody, but had some interest from somebody that they really liked. That, that's the read I got it. We're hearing Ed Stewart's the name, maybe. Um, can't confirm that at this time. But, but do you get that same read that maybe they had somebody in mind whenever they made this decision to let Bill Moose go? Um, I mean, I think you, with so much at stake, I think you almost have to have had some preliminary discussions or at least gauge the interest of, of more than one person to, to feel good uh, about doing this. Um, so, yeah, you know, it's, it's not a surprise that it looks like this thing could move pretty quickly. It's also not a surprise to me that whether it's Stewart or whether it's, it's somebody else, um, and it does seem like Stewart is far and away kind of the, the top candidate who's emerged so far um, based on what you guys have heard, based on what I've heard, um, that it's somebody with Nebraska ties. Because, again, like, in the best of times, Nebraska should be able to go out and, you know, another popular name, talk to a, a Jamie Pollard. And, and maybe it has and maybe it will, and, and maybe they'll get him. But, you know, Iowa State football is going to start the season in the top ten. Jamie Pollard's been there for a long time and continues to get plaudits for the job that he's done. Do you want to hop over to a place where – Oh, you know what? You've got a bunch of new coaches, but it looks like decisions could be coming up on some of those programs in the next four or five years. You got to navigate name, image, likeness, which you'll have to do at Ohio or Iowa State or wherever that candidate is. There's just there's just a lot there, and I think it kind of takes somebody from within the family, quote unquote, to to be willing to roll up their sleeves and do it. Vogues, uh, we think it's going to be Ed Stewart. Let's just say person X is now the AD 
and that could be Ed, that could be Hank Bounds, that could be a Claire, that uh, Tim Claire, that could I mean, we know the list, right? I mean, they're, they're, the list is the list. How is this next hire? Yeah, their, their job is to come in and, 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 and do administrative things and raise money and make sure the coaches are happy and provide support to the student athletes. All those things are huge. But is this next hire really about how much of this next hire do you think will be about supervision of football? A, a lot in the short term. I mean, it's it's the big kind of looming piece of this. Uh, it, and it's, it's always the kind of elephant in the room for, for an AD at a Power 5 school, right? Um, you're kind of defined by, by what happens with the, the football program. Just where this new AD comes in, you know, so we're three years into the Scott Frost era, uh, a, a coach who obviously was viewed as not just a home run, but a grand slam at, at the time of the hire. And, and it hasn't gone that way so far. Um, I personally still think, hey, there's time. Like, there are signs here that things could turn around relatively quickly, but it hasn't happened. And if it doesn't, you know, you get some bad injury luck. You get some bad turnovers luck in 2021. Um, like, the, the line is so thin there that you're really one season away from being like, okay, we're good. Like, football program's on the right path. Or, like, oh, man, we might be one year away from having to do something here. And that's just kind of the realities of the coaching profession. And it's where this AD comes into things at. It's, it's where they enter the story. So that's tough. Um, I could see, you know, potential candidates out there who, who wouldn't want to sign up for that. And that's, that's totally realistic. But um, football is going to be kind of number one, I think, in terms of determining that program trajectory, kind of meeting with that staff and saying, you know, okay, what have we tried? What haven't we tried? What do you need? Um, and, and also just navigating name image like this. I mean, volleyball is going to be a big part of that too. Uh, but everyone's looking at it from a football perspective first and foremost because, well, that's just the way college athletics tend to work. Bugs, I want to go to a different name from Ed Stewart to, to John Cook. You know, Coach Well, you did uh, the book with him, Dream Like a Champion. And knowing Coach Cook like you do, uh, he is a, a, a young, early 60s coach, <laughs> okay? Uh, tremendous energy, has ad adjusted and adapted to, you know, the 2021 college athlete. Uh, and he is, he is the best there is. That said, what's your feel for his interest level from an administrative side. Uh, is Cook totally could do it, smart enough to do it, but is he a guy that has any interest in that down the road whenever volleyball ends for him? Yeah, that's actually a, a topic uh, he and I have never spoken about, to, you know, specifically. So <laughs> hey, this, what are you going to totally, do when you retire? <laughs> <laughs> this is, so this is totally just my impression. Um you know, and from from what I have been able to, to to get to know about him, like we know he he, he enjoys a challenge, and and this would be be a challenge. He, he's not the sort of person. You know, we talk about this a lot with like 
good college football coaches who are like, oh, they want to go test themselves in the NFL. Like, I, I think everybody feels that a little bit. Like, well, there's a level that's even higher here, or there's a job that's even a little bit different. Could I do it? Um, that said, you know, I think the fact that he's been in Nebraska for, for so long, um, you know, he's, he, he's a legitimate football fan. He wants him to do well. His, his comments when Scott Frost were hired were some of the best. Um, and you look at that and you wonder, well, am I going to have to make changes on a football coaching staff here in another year or two if, if things don't turn around? Like, for somebody who's probably towards, well, you know, in their last 10, 15, 20 years of their career, however long it may be, you know, that's a real mitigating factor, I, I would think. Um, so it's not that Cook wouldn't want, would, wouldn't want the challenge of it. I, he would be energized by that, but he's also got <laughs> maybe the best recruiting class ever uh, at, at Nebraska in four more years to try and win a couple more national titles and just put the, uh, the cherry on top of what's already a pretty good resume. So I would guess that uh, that's where that falls. Few more minutes here with Brandon Vogel on Hale Varsity Radio. And Brandon, what do you make of the, that report from the Omaha World Herald from uh, yesterday morning? That one of the sticking points in this was Bill Moose's hands-off approach uh, to the AD role. That you know he wasn't always in the stadium. Sometimes he was at his ranch in Washington instead of you know being on the front line on the day-to-day in the Nebraska athletic department. Yeah, I, I, that report was not a surprise to me. You know, you hear rumblings about things like that and 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 i know it was an issue for some coaches more than others um but it it does you know i think that was kind of part of the deal when when you're you're hiring moose away and you know he's gonna keep his 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 ranch and that's that's a big part of his life like he really values that It's, it's part of why you know i think he related so well to a lot of the nebraska fan base um and it was also you know some of that was when he came to Nebraska, like the directive was so clear. I mean, Mike Riley was still the coach at that point, but we all had an idea where things were going. And just the timing of it was you, you had to thread the needle a little bit. It's like Scott Frost is going to get a job somewhere. Um, Nebraska has a football coach, but it's not going well. Can you go get the one guy you have to get? And he did. Um, and it was so hard at the beginning. You know, it might have almost been a little bit natural to – to rest on your laurels a little bit. Um, and, you know, we, we hear stories about how, yeah, maybe that was the case. Maybe the day-to-day operation of an athletic department wasn't the best part of the job for him. I think you just nailed that. Brandon Vogel with this. Bill Moose loved to go close the deal. He loved to go yep. get that hire. I mean, think of his career – and, and who he's picked between Bellotti at Oregon, right, and Leach at Washington State. I mean, I can just see Moose and flip-flops rolling down to Key West, right, that, that meeting. <laughs> and then you, you, you go to Lincoln and you, you, you get Scott Frost to come home which let's be straight, dude, this job is awesome as head football coach at Nebraska. But if you're a Nebraska native, the pressure that goes with it, you know, being what you are to this state as a quarterback and a champion and then coming home to try and fix it. And then if it ain't going well, all the flack you're getting, the pressure. I mean, 
So that isn't an easy sell. Hey, come on home and and, and risk your legacy. <laughs> Fred, <laughs> we want to show you PBA. And then, hey, Will, I mean, I'm wowed at his Moose's resume. That's my takeaway is how great he was with the Nebraska fan base, how awesome he was with the media. And then, oh, yeah, by the way, he brought in the people either A, everyone wanted, or B, in Will Bolt's case, guys that are getting it done early in their coaching career. And we think Fred's going to trend upward, and we're waiting on Nebraska to turn the corner in football. Uh, for him to, to go three for three, four for four, five for five within his tenure as ADs, that's pretty awesome with some, some splash hires that end up working out. That's cool. It, it's why this job is so hard and why you're looking for almost a needle in a haystack is because you need somebody who can do it all. You know, Moose, all the things you just mentioned, and, and the relationship he built very quickly with, with Nebraska fans. Like, he got them on, on a level uh, that, that not everyone would. Sean Eichhorst didn't. But he was great on the kind of like the back inside about setting Nebraska up for the future, about modernizing a little bit. So you're trying to find a candidate and a, and a person who can do all of that. And it's, it's really hard, and it's not getting any easier as college sports across the board are in for a monumental change, and we're just at the cusp of that. Vogues, this was an a, a awesome chat. Thanks so much for jumping in with us this morning, and we'll, we'll get caught up next week, bud. Sounds good. Enjoy the baseball. We'll do, bud. Take care. Brandon Vogel with us. This uh, Texas winner and walk-off was insane last night with the bat flip. Oh, man. Well, the thing is, it was crazy because it was like barely even a walk-off because the, the rain rolls in. He he hits the home run, and then before they go to the bottom of the ninth, they go into rain delay, and then they finish two up. Two and a half hours. Yeah, yeah and they finish up the uh, the bottom of the ninth, like 1.30 a.m. Ridiculous. Just College World Series is so unpredictable this year. Yeah. No, but the, but the 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 three run shot where he knew it and he just he's running down first and it wasn't an option pitch it was a full on rugby shove <laughs> <laughs> with the bat he just flips it. We'll step away. We'll check in with the Iron Horse Gary Sharp's coming up. Weekend edition of Tale of Our City presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Glad to have you back. Yes, sir. You heard me right. Here are the guys, Schmidt and Cranach. Well, Hector, here's the game plan. You're going to bring us two absolute martinis. You know how I like them straight up. And then precisely seven and one half minutes after that, you're going to bring us two more. Then two more after that every five minutes until one of us passes out. Excellent strategy, sir. Well, no martinis this morning. Uh, not yet. A couple of cups of coffee. Weekend edition. Hail Bar City Radio presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Roadshow for me. I am in... Uh, West Des Moines right now. Junior's sitting on the cooler with, uh, we'll just call it a pissed off look on his face. Uh, weather delay till four. Four. Oh, four o'clock? Four bells, man. What are you going to so, do in Des Moines until then? I'm going to take him to the cage, and he is going to uh, work on the inside heater. <laughs> no, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I was just talking to him about that. What do we go do? Now, the the baseball crew we're with, the Lincoln A's, love them to death. We've been with this team since he started playing ball. And the parents are awesome. We were out back playing cards, pitch last night. And 
I, I called it a, an early night to get, you know, set up. And I know we were doing the show this morning. I swear to you, some of the parents that we traveled with, either traveled with or <laughs> were with last night, just to jack with me. I think they phoned in two, two noise complaints on me. And I, and I was just talking on a cell phone with a buddy. And I got the, 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 the front desk lady, the poor front desk lady came up twice, like right before midnight, knocked, hey, we're getting a second noise complaint. I'm not doing anything. I'm not playing Zeppelin here. <laughs> I mean, it's, there's no there's no firecrackers that we're setting off. Uh, let's uh, welcome in the Iron Horse. Uh, Gary Sharp is with us. Sharpie, good to spend time with you, man. Thanks for making time this morning. How are you? Good. Um, you are in God's country. Please stop by and say hello to Urbandale. You can see my uh, statue. It is just to the right of the entrance <laughs> to the high school. <laughs> I, you know, I remember taking my first trip when my brother lived in Ankeny, and I shot you a picture. Uh, and we were driving east. It's like, this is your hood, Sharpie. And uh, I, I said something derogatory about John Wayne because the birthplace of John Wayne was on, <laughs> it's on the way. It's like, you know, John's a wuss or something. And then you, you texted me back something very vulgar and probably appropriate. Uh, you, you take that you take that back, Schmidt. But, man, what a what a 24 hours, Gary. And Sharpie, 24, between... 24 hours? It just ended. I, I felt like yeah. I was at TD Ameritrade like 10 minutes ago when we were watching the end of Texas, Mississippi mm-hmm. State, and the and the NCAA one news drop that that Vanderbilt is going to the championship series and that North Carolina State is out. It, what what a I, I've covered sports in this state for a long time. Mm-hmm. I can't recall another wilder day with Nebraska-based sports news than we had yesterday. It was it was absolute pandemonium with the the news on Bill Moose. The, uh, the 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 tweet by Lars on Ed Stewart last night. That's not official, obviously, but Lars pretty locked in. And then you have the CWS. How does it compare, Sharpie? Because you you were you were here for when when Stevie P got whacked, right? October fifteenth. You were here and broke the the Solich news, right? Uh, uh, with uh, with Frank's dismissal. You've been a part of this program for twenty five years. You were covering the team uh, when Ed Stewart was playing linebacker. Okay, so how does yesterday stack up to some of those watershed, bombshell, Nebraska athletic moments? Well, you've had the last four athletic directors in Nebraska have been fired, retired, fired, um, pushed out the door. I mean, it mm-hmm. just, it's, uh, you know, it's kind of, I, I was not, I was not expecting uh, yesterday to happen. I mean, I, Bill Moose was at the at the at the max was going to finish his contract next December, and then he was going to ride off into the sunset. Um, but I, I don't think anybody can, you know, I, I, people are really really smart these days. And and maybe, maybe I'm wrong for giving people more credit than they deserve. But I believe that most people are smart. And if you are if you are saying, man, enjoy your retirement, Bill. I hope you I hope you really like it. You're doing it wrong. I mean, this is this is pretty clear that this was 
not a retirement like normal because there's so many things that a guy that, you know, for three and a half years at Nebraska, he hired 12 coaches, including the three major men's sports. He did what he was asked to do. If that if somebody like that leaves a high-profile job and you're one of the highest-paid public employees in the state of Nebraska, usually you have a press conference, you have a, you know, a little bit of a lead time where you can say goodbye and, you know, you get to reminisce and stuff like that. Instead of it happens and – I don't know, are the mooses waking up right now somewhere in western, the western part of this country on their way home? I mean, how does, how does that all work? But it is what it is, and, you know, I, I think probably at the end of the day, um, where Nebraska needs to go, it's a good parting for both sides. My question is, is I mean, I have my theories on, you know, the why. Why move on from Bill at this point when – when you have where you have, you know, ten days ago he's kicking it on Big Red Blitz, right? He's touring the state, getting people fired up for the upcoming season with different coaches. Sharpie, as you look into the why, or have you gone there and moved past it already? Have you just well, decided no, I, I think and, and, and chose to remember Bill for for what he was asked to do, and that's execute big big hires, which he did. What what's well, the why do you mean? So the the why to me, something has happened between last Wednesday and this week. Um, And maybe it was something that was bubbling up um, that there needed to be a change made, um, morale, whatever might be going on. And, and, you know, and I know there's a lot of stuff out there, but let's, let's grab one thing that we know for a fact that is not, just doesn't happen in college athletics. Nebraska is building a $155 million Taj Mahal football facility and the athletic director, the athletic director at that school was not part of the equation to raise money. That doesn't happen anywhere else. Um, and that's always been a red flag to me because I thought that's, that's strange because you are the front door of the athletic department as the athletic director. But at the end of the day, and, and Bill was exactly what Nebraska needed, guys. They needed somebody who, big bravado, had a personality, very engaging, media-friendly, fan-friendly, he was going to come in, and he was tasked with hiring Scott Frost, and he did that. Everything they've asked of Bill Moose, he has done. So he's got that on his resume. But at the end of the day, and I'm not speaking out of turn here because I've said this on my own show, as I've kind of I've gotten to know Bill and, and watch some of his actions, is I think he loved the job title. I don't think he liked the job. Good take. Gary Sharp's with us here on Hale Varsity Radio. And, and Gary, when I look at this, do you think that this was just like something between Nebraska where they said, Bill, you've made some home run hires in your career. Come in here, make some hires for Nebraska, and then you don't even have to stick around after that. This is a uh, make the hires, then we'll let somebody else come in and, and take the ship from you because they know that, again, uh, loving the position, not loving the job, it was, was part of the aspect here. Or do you think this is just somebody cropped up where they learned, oh, I guess now might be a good time to move on from Bill if, if we have somebody waiting in the wings. Well, which, which do you think it is? Let's, don't, let's, let, let's keep it what we all kind of thought when Bill was hired. It's kind of a strange hire. Kind of a, a guy that, you know, you're trying to think, how does he fit in with Nebraska? Um, but somebody who had a background and, again, was very engaging, good personality, big smile. He did all of those things. Um, and so he did what was asked of him. I think at some point, and that job's difficult. I mean, you, you've got you to you gotta be friendly to a lot of people because a lot of people want to have their hand in the cookie jar with the athletic director. So you've got to balance a lot. You've got to be an insider, and then you kind of have to be an outsider. 
So it's not the easiest job in the world, but Nebraska seems to make that a very difficult job. Um, I think that at the end of the day, it probably was uh, of bits and pieces of a lot of things that you went from, okay, we understand that you spend a lot of time away from the office. We get that, as long as things are going okay. And Bill made two really good hires to kind of run the athletic department, John Johnson and Garrett Classy. So we get that, but if you're going to be the face of the athletic department, you've got to do that job exceptionally well. And when we feel as the caretakers that you can't do that job up to the best of your ability, then, then, then we can't have you being absent from the office and being uh, out on the ranch. We've got to make a move. But I think, guys, the timing, I mean, we know this. He was pushed out. Um, you know, you, you don't go into a retirement and still have questions about who's going to get what and pay. But now let's move the story forward because Nebraska has to move forward. They've got to find somebody young, somebody progressive, somebody that's a leader, somebody that is an, can be an insider but also is an outsider, somebody that is engaging. They have engaging qualities with the boosters, with the fans, with their coaches, somebody that just, you know what, they want to win. They have, they have a culture of winning, um, and they have a vision of what the future looks like in college athletics because it's changing. And, you know, I think Nebraska is an opportunity here where they got through the roughest part. Moose came in and cleaned up the i stuff. Now it's time for somebody to come in and, and basically start afresh because there's no facilities to be built. There's really no coaches to be built or coaches to be hired. But you have to make, you know, football may play into your hands where you've got to make a decision on what the future is going to look like. So I think Nebraska moves forward, um, and I think they'll move forward quickly. Gary Sharp's with us, the Iron Horse, Hale City Radio Weekend Edition. Sharpie, what role, what's the job of that next AD in relation to football? What, what support needs to be there? How does the next AD navigate with Scott Frost, his staff, the football people? Because it's got to happen on the field for this staff and crew. And... I think they're trying, right? And we'll see how this year shakes out. But uh, tell me about that dynamic in, in your eyes with whoever's in, in, in Moose's chair now, what they need to do to help football be the best they can be. What's their job? Well, I, I think if it's, if it's you, it's me, it's Elijah sitting in the athletic director chair, as I like to call it, the power chair. It doesn't change <laughs> what football has to do this year. I mean, everybody in the football program knows what's at hand. You don't need to be reminded by a guy that wears a red tie every day. You already know that. Well, the dynamic changes uh, just a little bit is if you struggle this year, then that becomes some tense conversations uh, of where, how do we move the program forward. I, I think the biggest thing in that role with when it comes to football, and it, it benefits everybody for football to be successful. I know I just went Captain Obvious, but there are so many there's just things that – that have are impacted by football being successful. So as a new athletic director, you have to say, what can we do? What can I do in my role to help you be successful? Is it get out of the way? Is it more interaction? Is it more face-to-face? Is it raising money? Is it, you know, being on all the recruiting uh, visits? What do I got to do? And I think that will go a long way into establishing some credibility where there's some respect and there's some trust that you can work together and continue to, to move that relationship forward. You know, that's the one thing with Bill is Bill, Bill wasn't known when he got here, and that, that worked for him, and I think sometimes, guys, that worked against him. 
Gary Sharp's with us here on Hale Varsity Radio. Great insight here from Sharpie. Uh, with, but Gary, with, the, with a few minutes left, I want to move towards College World Series because that's just a, a crazy situation out there. NC State's game today against uh, Vanderbilt has been ruled in no contest due to COVID. So Vandy is through to the finals on Monday. Chris and I are going to be up at Zipline again on Monday uh, to kick off the championship series. But Sharpie, it's it just seems like, I mean, everyone can get into the stadium without uh, a vaccine without proving that you're COVID negative yet the, the, the players on the field are continuing to test negative or continue to have to test negative to be able to play and I, I'm just what's getting me here is what happens if NC State would have won yesterday it just seems like a, a crazy situation out at the College World Series this weekend okay let's start there Elijah all good questions I have those questions I was there at 1 a.m. this morning when the NCAA put it out I was there when Texas and Mississippi State after a two-hour and 27 27- and a rain delay ended at 2 a.m. Um, if North Carolina State would have won yesterday and this decision would have gone down, tonight would have been for the national championship, Mississippi State and Texas. Here, here's the situation. First and foremost, before you get into the dynamics of testing positive and not having symptoms and all of that stuff, when you come to the College World Series, when you play in the NCAA, the NCAA has protocols and they have rules. Whether you like them or not, You've got to abide by them because they're not changing. And if you have a hiccup like yesterday, or it actually had started earlier in the week when they had two players test positive, um, you know, this is, the, this is the situation. You play by the NCAA rules. We saw it in men's basketball. We saw it in volleyball. Um, I don't think they should have allowed North Carolina State to play yesterday. I don't think they should have allowed that game to happen. And if they were going to bang the game, they should have done it yesterday. Um, to allow North Carolina State to play and almost pull off one of the greater upsets in, in the, definitely in a College World Series, to having whatever went on after they left the ballpark yesterday, I, I think is a really unfortunate, it's a brutal way to end your season. Um, you know, North Carolina State's going to have to answer some questions about, okay, why don't we have our travel party vaccinated? What, what were we not doing and, and doing? Um, were we were we violating COVID protocol? Were we going outside of the bubble? Those kind of things are probably you know. There's always more to a story, um, but at 1 a.m. to drop something like that, it just adds to all the confusion that was going on yesterday. Because guys, it felt like dread at the ballpark. I mean, it's almost one o'clock. They haven't chalked the field. Nobody's in the dugout really for North Carolina State, and you're like, what is going on? I mean, we we've seen this before in, in the COVID year of athletics. Um, but to, to, to not to take, take it away from them last night, the opportunity, instead of just doing it yesterday before they even played, uh, I think just adds to the confusion and the anger. And, uh, you know, it's, it, COVID is still here, and you play by the NCAA rules, and we, we try and trudge and get through it. This is the last, last athletic event for college athletics in a COVID year, and it just reminded us that COVID got us, and COVID got North Carolina State. And the thing about Vanderbilt, Vanderbilt doesn't want to go into the championship series like this because everybody's going to doubt them. You know, they're going to say, oh, you didn't, you, didn't, you didn't earn your way here. They don't want this to happen. I mean, they were probably surprised as well. There were probably players that were just waking up this morning finding out that they don't play today, that they are already into the championship series. So lots of confusion last night, um, but it's the NCAA. You play by their rules, and North Carolina State didn't, didn't abide to those rules and lost two guys who tested positive, and then the contact tracing, and your roster was depleted, and then we're unclear of what happened after they left the ballpark in those discussions last night. 
Gary Sharp, Sharpie will end it with this, and thanks for your insight this morning, man. Uh, Monday, Omaha. Is it Texas or is it Mississippi State take, taking on Vandy? Who are we getting Monday? I think it means more. I think it's an all-SEC. Uh, Will Bednar's <laughs> pitching tonight for Mississippi State. Uh, he was dominating last time he was out. Uh, it, you know, Texas is uh, surviving advance. Uh, we'll see. I think both these teams still are somewhat fresh pitching-wise. But if I'm Mississippi State, I like Bednar pitching uh, tonight to try and get them to the championship series. But, guys, it is it has changed up here, the tone, after what happened with North Carolina State. But we'll see what happens today. I mean, it's yesterday was one of the weirder days in Nebraska-based sports news, and I don't know that anything can top yesterday. Hey, man. Sharpie, be good. Have a great weekend. We'll check in with you on Monday, buddy. Thanks again. Hey, thanks, guys. Take care. There he is, the Iron Horse, Gary Sharp. Elijah, way to steer this, brother. Thanks for uh, yesterday and, and making today work, man. Appreciate you. And Roadshow Monday at Zipline in Omaha, downtown Omaha, right by TD Ameritrade Park at the podcast. Uh, weekend edition and Monday through Friday as well. iTunes, Spotify, Google Play. Give us a rating, good, bad, or ugly. Hail Varsity Radio. Uh, back at you on Monday from Zipline and near TD Ameritrade. Uh, thanks for listening to ESPN Lincoln.